Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We got our first sponsorship, guys! This episode is sponsored by Puka Pure and Simple, a black, female-owned, handmade bath, body, and hair company that will have you smelling delicious. We've tried them. We love them. We smell delicious. Mm -hmm. Go to pukapureandsimple.com. That is P-O-O-K-A, pureandsimple.com, and use the code, the number 2, B-G-2-0, for 20% off your order. Recording. Hey guys. Welcome to Three Black Girls, One Rose, where three black ass girls invade the whitest show on earth, The Bachelorette. I'm Natasha. And I'm Justine. And I'm Rachel Lindsay. Yay! So exciting, everybody. We have Rachel Lindsay on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like a dream come true. It is. <laughs> it is really. Oh, um, you guys. Stop. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. Keep going. <laughs> well, we do want to open up with Rachel's season inspired us to even do a podcast in the first place. Mm-hmm. I used to watch like the last two episodes of The Bachelor just to tune in for the good mess. I didn't know anyone's name. Nothing. And Natasha's been watching for 20 years. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Life, lifetime watcher. <laughs> and I started watching because I was like, oh, it's a black girl? Let's watch. Mm-hmm. And Natasha and I would sit and analyze Rachel's season until 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, we need to record this and get this out here just to see who would listen. Exactly. And now we have all of you guys. All right. So we appreciate you, Rachel, yes. for the inspiration. We the, wouldn't be here. The catalyst. <laughs> really, to this mess. Oh, well. I love that because the, one of the main reasons I said yes is for reasons like that, you know, to represent myself to people who look like me, who but don't see that represented on TV, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm happy to hear that. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Well, we're happy to have you on. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us, so where are you calling us from? I'm in Dallas, believe it or not. You caught me on one of the two, three days that I'm actually in Dallas. Oh, wow. So you're... You're on the road quite a bit, it sounds like. Yeah, I have two new jobs. So I still have the legal job, which is a question I always get. Oh, okay. But wow. I work I work remotely. So it's, it's rare that I actually have to go into the office or do something. But um, mm-hmm. I also have the radio show, and that's 
on the weekends, the full plug, Sundays, 5 p.m. on ESPN Radio. You can listen to it on the radio or the app. Oh, okay. And, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, full plug, shameless plug. Of and course. then on Thursday nights, it'll um, air on Amazon Prime, but I do an NFL show called The Drive to Thursday, mm-hmm. and it's interviewing NFL players before their Thursday night game. So that has me traveling to whatever city they're in once ah, a week. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. You really out here. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this. Hustling. Hustling. You, you got to really... make the most of everything. Yeah, yeah. you really hustling. That's awesome because I feel like I, I read somewhere. Did you study sports broadcasting or sports business or something? Am I making this up? Um, <laughs> yes. My No, no, no. My okay. major in college was sports management. Okay. And then I went to Marquette and studied sports law. So before I was an actual attorney, every job I had was related to sports. Mm-hmm. It was just always off camera. Mm, okay. So now you're on camera, you're on the radio, yeah. you're really out here. That's <laughs> amazing. Well, congratulations. Uh, you like me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, congratulations on all that success. Thank That's you. very, very exciting. Thank um, you so much. Yeah. So, okay, so before we, we have so many burning questions mm-hmm. for you, um, before we get into all of that, we want to first let's just address the elephant in the room mm-hmm. that... In the Instagram comments. <laughs> the Instagram elephant. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, it's no secret, Justine and I were big fans of, you know, Peter and Eric. We, we used to have a whole segment on our show called the Peter and Eric Update. <laughs> Uh, which we had to cut that segment because them niggas ain't doing shit. So, um, also, no secret, we were very critical of your choice in Brian. But, to his defense, we will say he was, he was portrayed rather two-dimensionally. So, like many viewers of the show, our, even Justine and I, our hopes mm-hmm. were steered in, like, a different direction. And, you know, we hoped for a different finale, so to speak. Um, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I I agree. Like, I when I always talk about my season, I always say my one regret is the way that Brian was portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, I think that Brian is so sure of himself and who he is and what he wants and where he's going that a, when you've never had that before, you also don't know how to accept that. Mm-hmm. And, and you saw that for me in the beginning. I never had a man who was like that before. So mm-hmm. because it was so foreign to me, I just didn't believe in it until I let my guard down and, you know, realized that that's the person he truly is. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that, you know, with the show, and I kind of touched on this in my um, article, is that, you know, they don't want you to fall in love with the, the main person mm-hmm. because we've already have our love story. But, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's making you fall in love with the person they want to be the next lead because that's how you keep a show going for 20 years it's just brian in my opinion i watch other seasons but from what i'm told he had it worse than anyone else yeah i would say i would say so so. yeah Yeah. he was portrayed we didn't really get to fully know him in the way that we got to know you know peter dean eric we got all up in their love in their life i think i think that's also because he didn't have like a crazy story, you know, he didn't have Dean's yeah. family, or Eric, who's never been in love, and yeah. had the issues with his mom, right. um, that he didn't have that, you know, like, he was 37, uh, had a career, you mm-hmm. know, knew what he wants, like, we were both had very similar backgrounds, and were coming in for the same reason, mm-hmm. so our story wasn't exciting. 
I would say, and one of our listeners also emailed this, like he could fit into this like Latino macho Miami guy, which is like what they tried to put him in. Like they mm-hmm. played that music oh, every time yeah. he came on screen. <laughs> they they like... play that awful music. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. We caught it. They did yeah. the same. They, they definitely tried to make him the Rico Suave. Yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. And like, and Brian is smooth, but he's not. But he's like not in that kind of way. And what I hated also in watching it back for myself was you heard me saying, oh, you're just so good, too good to be true. And they took that and ran mm, with it. Yeah, you, know? yep. and you didn't really get to see when I changed my opinion on that. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so that was the only thing that was really like a storyline and a risk in, in our relationship where they tried to make it that other than his mother. Right, right. Which they tried to... <laughs> they, <laughs> which she and I are so much alike. Aww. But they tried to, you know, like... <laughs> make that something too yeah yeah yeah. you can see them real really searching yeah they were they were digging (laughs) but y'all fell for it yeah we did we did we totally did fell for it we absolutely did (laughs) drinking rosé like oh my god oh my god i'm in all fairness in all fairness, I have said, I said, I get why people don't understand Brian. Mm-hmm. And that's not Brian's fault. That's not my fault. That's what was shown. Yeah. So I actually do understand why people were misled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, since we're like analytical viewers of the show now, too, we just see a different perspective. And then after your Us Weekly blog, when you were critical about Becca's happy ending and kind of comparing and contrasting the two where she went for a wild bigot Trump supporter <laughs> and we all had to be happy for her versus your finale that gave us a six minute Peter breakup and a three second Brian proposal. It was just completely unfair the way they treated the two of you. Um, and it gave us yeah. a new perspective on how, your love story. Yeah. Really appreciated your blog. Like that yeah. really opened our eyes to how duped we were. <laughs> <laughs> And really put it into perspective. Well, thank you for that. I mean, that was kind of like, like, I won't be blogging anymore. So that Mm -hmm. was kind of like my mic drop moment. Mm -hmm. But I truly didn't plan to write that article like that. Mm. What you got was my true raw emotion in watching the finale play out like that. Like, when I turned it on and it was just Chris Harrison, I said, where's Becca? Why isn't she on stage? Mm -hmm. Like, from that moment on, I was just watching it with, you know, like a, a critical eye. You know, yeah. paying attention to it, comparing, seeing how the differences between our finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wrote about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that you did. Yeah, <laughs> made waves and made waves and made us think differently. So mm-hmm. really appreciated it. Um, Thank so, yeah. you. Yeah. So we so there's another elephant in the room mm-hmm. in in Bachelor Nation, um, and that is uh, the racial diversity or lack thereof <laughs> in the casting process. So we yeah. want to dig in that a little bit. Um, so I listened to this interview that Chris Harrison did with Caitlin Bristow, where he was talking about how the show has evolved. And he said, quote, society moves the needle. Society predicates what ends up on our show. Our show is a microcosm of what goes on in the real world. That being said, you know, it's 2018. We live in a much more racially diverse world than what's presented on The Bachelor. And even like diverse media has gotten a lot more accolades. It's proven to be profitable, you know, hint, hint, Black Panther. (laughs) Um, The Bachelor is on the same network as Blackish, which is winning everything. So I guess my question for you, why hasn't The Bachelor kept up? Why 
why is the show the show's casting so blatantly white i think it's a couple of things Mm -hmm. um when i first of all i didn't watch the show before i was on it i've said that before Mm -hmm. my two white co-workers encouraged me to go and like we went with went with me like an open cast to an open casting call and we went more to be curious like Mm. to see what this was about when i went to that casting call i saw two people that look like me Mm. and i was there for like two to three hours so in the bachelor's defense and dallas is a hot spot dallas Mm -hmm. dallas nashville and um salt lake city utah Mm -hmm. are hotbeds and um so if that's the reflection of the people that are coming, they're not getting diverse people to come. And I remember in my interview, it was the first thing I said. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even been chosen for the show, and I addressed diversity in my interview. And they liked that. And I, But I was just like, you know, I know the first thing I said when someone um, mentioned the show to me, I said, well, everybody knows a black person goes far. I don't even watch it, and I know that. Mm-hmm. And so they were talking to me about the problem and the lack of, you know, diverse contestants basically come into the show. So I think that that plays a huge part in it. And then I think the other part is it's up to the lead to determine who they're going to choose. Right, right. So you can't force them to choose someone, you know, a person of color. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time they pick very similar contestants. I mean, mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, Colton's not going to have a diverse cast. Nope, we already know. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's probably going to look like it did in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be honest. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like even, I think I saw a clip of Ellen that showed mm-hmm. some, where he saw some of his contestants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I laughed myself because everyone was a different race. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. not how it's going to look when they come out of the limo. You right. know, so I just mm-hmm. think in, in, in their defense, they're, they're just not getting those type of contestants. And then you do go through a rigorous, like, line of, questioning and tests, psychological, criminal, um, STD tests. And so, like, that takes people out of it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't pass everything. Right. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. True. Um, and you mentioned that the producers say that not enough people of color audition, but yet they somehow seem to always find space for characters, like a gimmick, like Waboom, or racist people like Lee or bigots like Garrett? Like, what's the incentive for a person of color to even audition for this show? I mean, I think that's a great question. I mean, I never, I think my, my line of thinking of, well, everybody knows the black person doesn't go far, mm-hmm. is how a lot of people of color think, you know, not just black. Well, we never go far, so why would I waste my time and do that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or I don't want to be stereotyped a certain way. That was my thinking. It was my coworker who said, no, 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 if you do it, you'll go far. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, okay, why not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that that's just a, we all have that, that thought. I mean, would you go, would you go try out? You know, would you, would you just say, you know what, I'm going to go wait in line and try out for the yeah. bachelor? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, no, it's either. not worth it. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's tough because you, as you said, if you watch the show, you see you don't go that far. You see your story's not really even given much attention. So, yeah, I've been wrestling with that question for a while. Of like, if I was a person mm-hmm. of color interested in the show, what would be the incentive for me to even go on? Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I mean, it's I I had to be forced not forced, but someone <laughs> it was someone else's idea. It wasn't mine mm. to go on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we, I think that's a lot of people. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And I hoped, I hoped by doing what I did that I would encourage more people to do the show. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you don't end up the Bachelorette or the Bachelor, you know, it's still, you know, a, a good opportunity for you no matter what. True. That's true. Yeah, there's still a chance. There's still a chance to yeah. find love. Yeah. <laughs> and if not love, there's you can you can go in paradise and yep. <laughs> stay on TV for a little bit. <laughs> you know, paradise is a is a much more logical option to find love than than the bachelor bachelorette. Mm. Yes. Yeah. We've yeah we've way talked more about time. That. Yeah, you spend way more time getting to know the actual people. Mm-hmm. Um and. Yeah, there's more options, more one-on-one. Right. It's not you competing against 30 other women. It's just you against seven. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the gift and the curse. There are more options, so you lose the chance of like someone else coming in and right. taking your person, but at the same time, you get more time with that person. Right, right, right. Yeah, see if you even like them in the first place. Exactly. Um, so when you saw out of the 31 guys casted, only 11 were black, and those who those 11 weren't even like all that great <laughs> we're not all that will up. didn't date black women demario was a joke um and you previously expressed this frustration in your casting in an interview with the houston chronicle so what were your thoughts when you saw that most of your contestants were white considering your dating history of dating mostly black men so that's a good question when i decided to say yes to being bachelorette i had to accept that 90, there was a 90% chance that if it worked out for me that the person wouldn't be black. Mm. Like I, I knew that going in and I had to be okay with that when I said yes. Like I analyzed it every single way that you can before I said yes to being the bachelorette. And mm-hmm. so I wasn't shocked when I saw the men. I mean, I was more shocked that um, they weren't my type of um, men and that's just not just black. Mm-hmm. Like, that just, like, just, and I mean personality. Mm, right. Like, when I first met them all coming out of the limousine, I was like, I'm not into, I'm not into this. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, like, as a whole, that's yeah. how I felt. And I actually said that to a producer, and then they said, I, go talk to them, and you'll feel differently. And I did. I felt differently after that. Right. But okay. as far as, since we're the question is just about the black men, I, I was not surprised at all. Wow with my selection of black men. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Did you think at all. that the producers feared having a black couple at the end? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I think that that was, they would have loved that. Uh, really? I don't, it wasn't forced. Like, I mean, I got to make all the decisions that I wanted to, but I, I think that they would have been happy if it was um, a black couple at the end. Not saying that they weren't happy how it ended. I'm just saying, yeah, I think that they would have loved that. Hmm. I think that they, their eyes were open to a lot of things. Like, for example, I don't even think I've talked about this before. They were shocked that a black man didn't date black women. Yeah, well. And I had what? to sit them down. <laughs> correct. And I had to sit them down and tell them, you find this so intriguing. I live this every day of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you sit any black woman down, and they will tell you mm-hmm. that this is not a surprise Mm-mm. but they were and it wasn't like like it wasn't ignorant it was truly like really mm-hmm. and so i really it was a it was a time to educate yeah 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 and that's why that became a storyline because when they told me i think they thought that i would have been shocked mm-hmm. and i was like oh no 
Yeah. I, I'm not surprised. I said I knew that before, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I missed the conversation. Mm-hmm. Been there. We've seen yep. it. Yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Are there, in the casting like department, are there any black decision makers in the room? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's such a small world. Mm-hmm. One of the producers actually went to college with my sister in Spelman. At Spelman. Wow. So, wow. There was, she was new. They, they, let me back up. They came on for my season. Okay. Oh. Okay. There were not when I was on. Previously. Next season. Next. Not one. Damn. And when I came in, they brought in three. There were three additional producers. One in the house with the men. One was like on the dates. Because there's date producers and then there's um, like house producers, I guess that's what you call them. Mm -hmm. And then um, there was one more, another female in the house. Interesting. Okay, so you were the catalyst yeah. for, I guess, having, yeah, getting then, them started. Then, yeah, and some of them are still there, so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, now, once, well, we've noticed, I mean, once a person of color makes it on the show, there's rarely much investment in their storyline. So, last season on our podcast, we did an interview with Lauren G. She was on Ari's season, and Which one was she? She, pretty black girl with long, beautiful hair. So pretty, yeah. She went home, I think... Week three. Week three. She was also on Bachelor Winter Games. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Okay, I remember her from Winter Games. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we did an interview with her. She spilled a whole lot of tea. Mm-hmm. And... She, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to yeah, that one. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good interview. She told us that... Um, for her limo entrance, you know, she's from Indianapolis, so she, she asked if she can get a race car for her, her entrance. The producers told her no, and then lo and behold, Mikkel, this, you know, pretty blonde girl, walked in with a race car. She also told us on Winter Games, it seems that there was a little bit of, like, rigging going on with the voting process, because she felt as if her and Eric were really pushed to be together, and when they didn't hit it off, suddenly they were voted to go home. Um, and then this past season, watching Bachelor in Paradise, everyone was so excited to see, you know, Venmo John and Jubilee and their whole love story. And then we got nothing. All we got was footage of Jubilee going home all of a sudden. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, are the contestants of color, are they there for decoration or <laughs> like what? Why no, is there no? I think mm-hmm. if you're not drama, you're not going to get. You know what I mean? Like, you have to have a story. Mm. And so that's not necessarily, like, it just may be that, you know, people, the people of color have been more careful. Because Jubilee on Ben's season, Mm -hmm. I saw that. That's the one season I went back and watched. Okay. Two days before I left to go on this. She had a full-out storyline. She did. I can't say that she was put out, put in the most positive way, Mm -mm. but she made good TV. Mm. So I think that if Lauren was more reserved or she wasn't, you know, like, causing trouble in the house and it's like I was I didn't have a lot of drama either Mm -hmm. but because I got first impression because Nick and I were really cool I got attention Mm -hmm. if he wasn't into me I don't know if you would have seen me at all Mm. so I like there there are a lot of contestants that you never see stories I mean on my season you know I brought Adam and uh, Matt to the end Mm -hmm. you didn't see anything about them so (laughs) and 
yeah, like you saw me get emotional when that went home. People were like, what is wrong with her? <laughs> that's because y'all didn't see it. Yeah. And so, I, you know, like I can't just say that that's because of pe- the people of color. You, it looks more that way because there's so few of them. Mm-hmm. But it's really just you have to have a story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's, it made me think, so last season we also interviewed Diggy, mm-hmm. and Diggy told us that he was very cautious. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I got a job back home, I got a reputation, like he was very weary of the producers how and looked. how he would be portrayed, so he kind of stayed out the drama, and as a result, we didn't really see much of him, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, Diggy was, I feel like I didn't say more than 10 words to Diggy. Wow. Like, it wasn't just that he was reserved. No, no, it wasn't that he was reserved. Mm-hmm. He, like, just did not talk to me. <laughs> like, if we were sitting on a couch, mm-hmm. he was there, there. You could have sat two people in between us. Uh, so, but in the, but he was very, very well liked in the house. Mm-hmm. So like everybody loved him. They were shocked when he went home. They were so sad. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, no, not Diggy. But then I was shocked when everyone was like that because I was like, well, he doesn't talk to me. You know, I don't, I don't know Diggy at all. Like, other than he was from, other than he's from Chicago, yeah. I couldn't tell you anything else. Oh shit! Wow. Which was, which was, which was disappointing for me yeah. because the producers liked him a lot. The mm. guys in the house liked him a lot, and mm-hmm. I wish I just could have seen that Diggy. Yeah, right. Damn, that's that's interesting. It is. <laughs> it's funny to hear the other side because yeah. yeah, he made it sound like he uh, just was shy or I don't know. Yeah, like he was like trying to protect. <laughs> he was something. shy. Mm-hmm. He was shy. Oh, he was and, shy. And maybe that is why he was. But to me, I was like, this guy doesn't talk. <laughs> you know, like he seems scared of me. That, but it could have been that he was shy. Yeah. You know, and but it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was nothing there because there was. Nothing there. Nothing there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't force it. Um, do you feel that your season, considering how racially diverse Ari's season was, shifted the culture of the Bachelor franchise? No. Hmm. Oh. Uh, you mean like as far as the viewership? Not so much the viewership, but I guess um, I guess mainly with the casting. Mm-hmm. So and so, I mean, you you just revealed to us that they brought more people of color into the casting room during your season and then we just noticed how Ari's season was a bit more racially diverse you know directly after yours so I'm guessing you know that there was some type of shift yeah, as a result after, of you yeah watch Colton season <laughs> <laughs> the pendulum's gonna shift back <laughs> I, I just have a feeling oh no mm. <laughs> Damn, so we had a moment in that moment. Yeah, it's about to just be over. (laughs) Well, with the show now having this tradition of picking its new lead every year based upon fan favorites from the previous season, um, and track the track record for the show is that men of color don't make it too far. Do you think we'll ever see a Bachelor of Color and... How many years will it be until we see another bachelorette of color? Like, what's it going to take? I definitely think you'll see a bachelor of color before. Hmm. Um, I I can't. I don't know. I don't. It, that's a tough question for me to answer. Maybe it's more so. I hope you'll see a bachelor mm-hmm. of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I I think. I don't know. 
I just don't know. Like, I can't, I don't think my season was negative by any means. I just don't know if, if it happens, it'll be a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, I could see it being a bachelor before a bachelorette, just because there hasn't been one. That's interesting, because I, I, I almost think the opposite. Me I feel too. like we might get another bachelorette before, because, I mean, the track record is that men of color on the bachelorette don't last that long, mm-hmm. versus on the bachelor, the women of color seem to go a little farther and maybe have a chance at becoming a fan favorite. Yeah. And like like what we saw with CN. CN was exactly. very beloved and made it pretty far. But I can't name any man of color that has made it very far on the Bachelorette to the point that they might have Eric. a chance. Aside from Eric, Eric. yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Eric. I mean, mm-hmm. Eric made it to the top three and but the sad thing is is I don't think anybody really thought that he was in the running to be the next bachelor. Yeah. Right. So yeah. what does that say? You right. know, because usually you look at the top four mm-hmm. um to be the next bachelor. Mm-hmm. Nobody really considered mm-hmm. um Eric for that and mm-hmm. he technically by numbers would have should have been in the in the running. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, CN would have been great, but I mean, like, I I can't remember what I said. I was say, somebody asked me, who do you want? And I said, well, CN is my vote, mm-hmm. but they're not going to have two black bachelorettes in a row. Yeah. Right. It's the sad, sorry truth. It is. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, luckily she found someone in real life, so, like, she didn't have to. Right. And this. he's really nice. I've met him before. He's really nice. Um, yeah, they look cute. They look yeah, happy. They do. <laughs> Um, yeah, damn, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's like the ultimate question that no one has the answer. <laughs> right. We have no idea. I think idea. it's just going to depend on the, who you get, like the pool of, the pool of people and yeah. then how the audience refers, uh, you know, I mean, responds to that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. The show, I feel like the show has really set it up in a way that there's a chance it might be a while because of this tradition of picking the new lead based on last year's. And so as long as they keep that tradition up, it's, yeah, we just don't know. It always depends on the pool of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It really does. And again, I can't say it's all the show because I went to casting and I saw two people. I told you they look like me. Right, right. That's true. What do you, so what do you say to maybe some young women of color who watch The Bachelor um, or The Bachelorette and can't identify or don't see their love story being told? I mean, I don't think that you can look at my love story and, and then compare, like, compare it to your own love story. Mm-hmm. It's more so looking at me as a black woman, you know, and then if you are a black woman as well watching me saying, you know what, like, I can break down the barriers and be that person too. Mm-hmm. Because to me, being Bachelorette was very empowering for a number of reasons. But I, I like, wanted to be an example for people to say, you know what, like, I can do that too. Even if you don't go, um, you don't go through the show mm-hmm. and, and do it that way, just more so I can step outside of the box. I can go after what I want, who, who I love. You know, even if other people don't agree with it, mm-hmm. I can put my, you know, like not just focus on my career, but go after what, what, uh, um, other things my heart desires as well. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I agree. I think it was a very powerful image seeing, particularly a show that is so 
just white. Yeah, <laughs> like, so historically very, white. Yeah, so historically yeah. white to see a black woman in that space making decisions, running things. Yeah. I know for me, as a black woman, you know, I've grown up predominantly in white spaces. I went to a predominantly white institution. Um, I, you know, have watched many you know beautiful white girls in mm-hmm. college find their love story and always be the chosen one and I kind of have to sit in the background so it was it was empowering to see someone of color who looked like me dominating in such a white space yeah yeah yeah, me. yeah and being sought after yes. by yes. all races you know like mm-hmm. the men are going after a black woman when have you ever seen that on tv mm-hmm yeah never <laughs> yeah no never and I had a similar experience um I went to a PWI and I always felt completely undesired I lived in one room with seven other girls all seven of them had men fawning all over them at all times and I was like I maybe had like one or two boys to talk to mm-hmm. and it, it was just awful but I mean, Barack Obama was also elected president, so I had that to hang on to. But still, yeah, <laughs> like, that was it. I just had Michelle to hang on to, but that was it. <laughs> but yeah, I, but yeah, watching your season, yeah. there was definitely something very empowering to see a woman of color being sought after, yeah, like, and like desired, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think people don't understand that unless you you are a person of color. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you don't have to think about it. Right. Because you don't have to think about it. Right. You know what I mean? It goes back to that, like, being the only one when you walk into a room. Mm-hmm. Of course you don't think about it because you you're not the one walking into that room exactly. in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we know and we yeah. <laughs> we recognize. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. We have some other burning questions about your season um, of The Bachelorette. Uh-huh. So, you know, your Bachelorette, you have 31 guys standing in front of you. You spend it's seemingly very limited time with each guy. How did you trim the fat each week? Like, what were you looking for? How did you, and how did you know you were making the right decisions? Um, well, I always say my mom told me to trust my gut at the end of the day, which I truly did. But you know, those lawyer skills came into play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't playing with the questions. With mm-hmm. the questions, I was interrogating people. Mm-hmm. Now, some people <laughs> just counted themselves out like a waboom you know it was very obvious mm-hmm. you know or you know like when an ex-girlfriend pops up or something like that <laughs> like you make it easy for me like I don't have to you know try that hard mm-hmm. but it was more so just asking the right questions I really didn't waste time I really and then just well I should also say who I just vibed with like whose energy I would feel at the same time you know who where was the conversation easy and it just flowed? You know, I really didn't focus just on, oh my gosh, I think that person's attractive. Like I really paid attention to the conversation we had. And then one of the main questions I would ask initially, like the first night is, so how did you get here? You know, like, why are mm-hmm. you here? Mm-hmm. And that was very telling. Mm-hmm. That would you know, what do you do? What do you do? That's kind of telling oh, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What is your job? <laughs> do you have a <laughs> do job? Do you have one? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then later, I started asking more serious questions. Like, I did ask, I asked everyone, you know, have you brought a black girl home before? Have you dated outside of your race? Mm-hmm. You know, what would that look like if we did, you know, moving forward, raising a family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I asked those questions. And then in the fantasy suite, I asked even more detailed questions. Mm-hmm. So I really, you know, I mean, it's, you never know a person until the cameras are gone, but mm-hmm. you... You know, you can just do your best to ask the right questions and then trust your gut. Right, yeah. 
So speaking of, one of the themes that we talked about for Becca's season is people and their words. Um, and the fact that on The Bachelor, all you really have is words because nobody can really do the actions that they wish they could do following through um, with any of their statements. And also you mentioned earlier that Brian was not only a smooth talker and kind of knew the right thing to say at the right time, but was also someone who was really sure of what he wanted. And you said there was a moment where you realized that. When was that moment when you knew, okay, he has both. He knows what to say and when to say it, and he means it. So the second date that we had, we were in Geneva, were telling to me for every single relationship that I had, like the one-on-one -on -one dates. Mm -hmm. I had summed everybody up, Dean, Peter, and Brian, at the end of those one-on-one -on -one dates. Mm. And it it's crazy what a second date will do in that world. But it really, because, you know, like you meet everybody, you see everybody on a group date, whatever. That's, you really can't get to know someone. You give them one one-on-one, -on -one, but you're like caught up in the, the magic of the date and how great it is. And finally getting to spend this one-on-one -on -one time together. And then you have the second date where you're like, all right, like, let's get to it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and just seeing how. It's easy to have one date with someone and, and find something to talk about. But the second date, mm -hmm. is that still there? Right. Especially when it's getting down to the wire. At that point, it was down to um, right before hometown. Um, and it was, or I lost my train of thought. But I remember with Brian, I needed Brian to go deeper with me. It wasn't that we were surfaced, but it was like I knew we connected. I knew I felt his energy, but I wanted... To get, I wanted him to, like, tell me something personal. And mm. I didn't want to tell him that. I was just, like, looking for that mm. in my day, like, to go deeper in our relationship. And then he started talking to me about his past relationship and kind of how he got to the show with that and how it affected his family. And, you know, we really started talking about, like, I started sharing from my past and my relationship and how I got got there. We connected with that. We were We were bonding over our past and some of the struggles that we had. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I needed from Brian. And that's when I was like, gosh, he really is who he says he is, mm -hmm. you know, because I feel like you can't, oh wait, I can curse on this podcast, mm -hmm. right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I feel like you can't bullshit a bullshitter, right? Not mm -hmm. that I'm a bullshitter, but I am a lawyer. So I just feel yeah. like I can like read through that. Yep. And so there was no bullshit with Brian, like mm -hmm. everything. I, I just felt it. And that conversation that we had at night really sealed the deal for me, mm. you know, because there wasn't, we weren't on this date, we weren't on the date anymore, there was nothing glamorous, it was just the two of us, mm -hmm. I mean, and a bunch of cameras, <laughs> but it was just the two of us sitting there having a real conversation. And mm. I remember thinking, gosh, they're letting us talk for a really, really long time. Mm. So you got your answer. Yeah. That's how you know he was the he was the real deal, basically. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, because mm -hmm. then I had a date with Dean, and he started talking to me about dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, dinosaurs! I was like, gosh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I really, yeah, I was like, I really like Dean, but I mean, like, he's just not ready for the same thing. <laughs> like, it's like he's, we have fun, and you know, like that's where it is. Yeah. And then I remember on my date with Peter, he started talking about his ex girlfriend mm. and the way that he was talking. I just remember, and I said this on camera, it's like things you don't see. I remember. I remember I was like, something's off. Mm -hmm. I was like, something's not right. Like, I I came into the season saying I wanted somebody who knows what they want for mm -hmm. themselves, but mm -hmm. then also wants those things with me. And in that moment with him, I, I remember thinking, 
you don't know what you want. Like, you don't know, and mm. not even with me, just like with yourself. Like, mm. you're still trying to figure some things out. Mm. Like, it was a very telling conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's like where the gut kicked in. And I remember thinking, you know, we work in this world, but we wouldn't work in real life. Mm. And I think that's what separates, you know, couples that make it and don't make it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't pick the person that, you know, like, you're fantasizing about in this bachelor bubble, you pick the person who, yes, like you have this connection and this fantasy with that you can take and and move that into the real world and Mm -hmm. it can work too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So you had to really test them and figure out, is this just, are we all good here in this bubble Mm -hmm. or is this actually the real deal outside? So Yeah, because I remember at one point with Brian, like I felt like he was like he knew how like good we we had it and mm-hmm. he was real comfortable and I remember right before the end I like said some stuff to him to try to like shake him up mm-hmm. you know like I can't I I said something like you know I just didn't know and I'm so confused and I'm and this is too perfect this is too sh- I'm mm-hmm. too sure of this and I'm used to picking the person who um I have to work for, or so I was like, that's, and that is true. That, mm-hmm. That's my past, been my past relationship. Okay. So I was just like, I just don't know, but I was really just trying to throw them off. <laughs> they didn't show, they didn't show that either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was trying to rattle him. Trying to rattle him. Yeah. And he, he passed the test. That's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was just like, listen, I know what I want. Yeah. And it like did not shake him at all. Like mm-hmm. he was going to go give it his all mm-hmm. and at the end of the day I remember we talked about this afterwards he was like at the end of the day I knew that I gave everything mm-hmm. yeah and yeah he can be proud with himself that right. he left it all out there so yeah yeah definitely. Yeah. so one thing that viewers of the show we always talk about is this moment when the lead gives the rose gives a rose to a contestant who is very clearly like a joke or a gimmick mm-hmm. on your season that guy was waboom so mm-hmm. when you gave Waboom a rose, this is what producer or not producer. This is what viewers call a producer pick, meaning in our heads <laughs> the producers made you do it. Is the producer pick a thing? Yes. Mm. Sorry, no, I didn't pause because of that. I paused because Brian's trying to eat my food. <laughs> 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 Realize a lot of anticipation. Yeah. <laughs> You can have one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yes, there. It, there are people like it's. It's obvious that you're not going to like every single person. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know there are some. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a TV show, mm-hmm. and so they're they're in the beginning, the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I would say that you are encouraged to keep. Okay. Um, certain people but after the first week i was like i can't do it anymore Mm -mm. (laughs) he he did not make it after the first week no (laughs) (laughs) yeah you get you get a couple um y'all get a couple picks and then that's it i need to find my husband (laughs) yeah right (laughs) but i will say sometimes it it, yes there there are in the sense of like like a Mm waboom yes that's one but then there are some times where producers know things that you don't and so you might say, well, I'm ready to send that person home. You know, like, they're not opening up. And they're like, just give them a chance. You know, mm-hmm. like, we know you. Mm-hmm. Just give them more of a chance. And, you know, you may really you may really like them in a different way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're good for that, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Just encourage it along. Um, so speaking of, you know, 
problematic contestants, I guess. <laughs> we obviously we want to talk about Lee for a second. Um, uh-huh. so like in the middle of your season, everything was blowing up about Lee, all his tweets and Facebook statuses were being released. Um, and then Lee himself, you know, he did an interview, I think with the Hollywood reporter where he, he said that a producer reached out to him via Facebook to be cast on the show. Um, now uh-huh. to this day, the producers are claiming up and down that they didn't know that Lee was like a fucking racist. To us, it seems like Lee was placed there almost potentially to maybe antagonize the black men in the house. Like, why do you think Lee was cast? So it's my understanding that all that stuff came from Twitter. And because I know a little bit more like about the process that you go through, mm-hmm. when you go through your background, they ask you what your handles are. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. So you can say... You know, like, it was for him, I think he had deactivated that account, but someone still had access to it or something, Mm -hmm. and gave them a different Twitter handle, a different one he was using. So I know how, at least during my time, Mm -hmm. that's all they asked for in regards to social media. Now, I'm sure in light of things that have happened over the last couple of years, they probably have a more rigorous social media background check. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, like, that, so... You know, I understood how that could, like, slip through the cracks because of my own experience. But I didn't I didn't think that they put him there to antagonize people. This is what I, this is my belief, and this is, goes beyond me. Okay. When you go through your casting, it's very revealing the type of person you are. You know, whether you're sensitive, whether mm-hmm. you're... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Justine, there's something I gotta get off my chest, girl. Tell me. I've been low-key struggling with my relationship with my phone and social Mm. media. Just the over-accessibility these devices create, this addiction to Instagram, Mm -hmm. the distraction from everyday life and the people closest to me, it's been really stressing me out. I'm not even gonna lie. I mean, that makes sense. Content overload is very real and staring at everybody's highlight reels can be overwhelming Mm. and can absolutely steal your joy and peace. We carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. You all know we're huge advocates of therapy. We talk about it all the time on this podcast. It's been tremendously beneficial throughout different stages of my life and areas where I've needed help, from eating disorders to new relationships to my ever-changing relationship with my family. Therapy has really helped me to set boundaries and prioritize my self-care. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief 
questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 2BG1R today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash 2BG1R. They're dramatic, mm-hmm. whether you're going to be a villain. I think they ask very pointed questions to figure that out. Mm-hmm. So... I think that they could probably, once Lee got in the house, I think they, they, I think they asked everyone, have you ever dated a black girl before? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where are you from? Mm-hmm. You know, those type of questions. Um, you know, like with Lee, I think it came out about like black friends and being around black people, and he hadn't really. Mm-hmm. So I think that they probably knew that they had something there. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it was to the level of, I do not think that they knew that he had those tweets out there. I really don't, because that was embarrassing for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was embarrassing for them to have the first black bachelorette and you cast somebody who's tweeted like that. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that there was some antagonizing going on as far as, because I think they do that with everyone. You know, like mm-hmm. if you're a crier, they're going to say stuff that can make you sensitive. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's part of producing good TV. So I think mm-hmm. that they realized that he had it in him. Mm-hmm. And he was uncomfortable in the house, and that's what you saw on TV as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they knew about the tweets. Mm, okay. Mm. Still sits, sits wrong with me. Wrong yep. with me man. <laughs> I don't know. It sits really and they not mind. I just that's just my belief. I think that I definitely think it was obvious that he was uncomfortable in that house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you and that came out during the show. And I think the questions were asked to make that come out even further. Mm-hmm, definitely. Okay. Damn. It's a shame. I know. It's a shame. It was like, it put a weird little taint on the season. Oh, and there were so many media outlets that were like, we're done covering The Bachelor, we're not doing this anymore. Or G- GQ was really, really upset with mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. That's why I think they did know. Because yeah. it's mm-hmm. one thing that they did it during, like, a non- like a non-black person, but mm-hmm. to have that come out—that's mm-hmm. embarrassing for them. Yeah, yeah, very and much. Mm-hmm. I think they—I think they want that color to be a topic of conversation, but not that topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So they, yeah. yeah, they got a real rude awakening with that dude. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so one thing we're trying to wrap our heads around is falling in love with two people. Um, we were really hard on Ari for changing his mind, um, and we were a little bit... I was too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we were confused watching this edited splice version that we mentioned um, earlier about this tearful breakup with Peter and then accepting a proposal from Brian. Um, yeah. And we're obviously two black girls in New York City, so falling in love with two people is rare. So walk <laughs> us through what it's like falling in love with two people. Okay, so I didn't fall in love with two people. If you pay attention to what I said, okay. I never said I was falling. I never, I'm sorry. I never said I was in love with two people. Okay. okay. And to me, that was a difference. Like, hmm. I told Dean I was falling in love with him. I told Eric that. I told Peter that, you know, and I have had love for all three of them in in different ways and for different reasons, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, I'll stand, you know, true to that. I never told anybody except for Brian, and he and I actually talked about that in Fantasy Suite, he's the only person I ever said that I was in love with, because Mm. I do think that you can love someone, but 
I don't think that you can just be in love with two people. I just really just don't. Like, there's another level. It jumps to a completely different level. And I told Brian that actually in the fantasy suite because he asked me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, I said I love you. And he goes, no, 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 there's a difference. He was like, are you in love with me? Mm-hmm. And, like, we talked it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so with, so, so saying all of that, like, I definitely had love for my top four. You know, like, I would even say that about Matt, and that's why you saw the emotion that came. Like, we connected in a different way, and so, like, I had a lot of love for Matt. Mm -hmm. Um, We were a lot alike. Mm -hmm. But the thing with Peter and what y'all saw, so I told the producers at the very beginning that I didn't want to to have two people propose to me. Mm -hmm. I was very adamant about that. Mm -hmm. Had I known that it would have played out like that in the end, I would have just had them both come up there because then you wouldn't have had any questions. But because of the way that it ended, it looked like to the audience, and I get it, it looked like, well, you're not going to do what I want, so this is what I'm, like, I, I have to have a proposal. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it was. Mm-hmm. So I knew, so in that last day, I was told you have to send Peter home now. What? So I went into... Yeah, so when I went into that room, I've said this before maybe a couple of times, I knew I was sending Peter home that night. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was was already emotional because any, any, any lead that you talk to will tell you it is so hard when you get down to like those last, really the last two, Mm -hmm. because that second person is thinking that like, okay, Peter said he wasn't going to propose, but he still was thinking, okay, we could still be together. Mm-hmm, right. So that person is thinking that they're going to leave this with you. So you're having to shatter somebody's mm. future, for lack of a better word. So right. that's hard. No lead will tell you that they had an easy time doing that, even if they knew what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And you underestimate how hard it's going to be. At least I did. So I'm already walking into the room thinking, I'm about to send this person home. This is so sad. Well, when I walk in the room, within 10 seconds, he's like, listen, I'm in love with you, but these feelings are new to me. I don't know how to handle them. So I still can't propose, but I want you to know I'm in love with you. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, he reminded me of my ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give me just enough, you know, just what to say to make me stay, mm-hmm. but you're still not giving me what I need. Right, mm-hmm. right. Like, you, you're, you're just a little bit. And I felt like, and in that moment, I thought, I knew I was going to get emotional because I was in a relationship for five years before the show, and I did think that that was it, but I was stuck in that place of dragging me along but was never going to make a commitment. And so I thought to myself in that moment, gosh, this could be like, I bet a lot of girls have been through this before, but it didn't come out that way on camera. But I was like, you were giving me just enough to hang in here mm-hmm. and to say, to, to accept staying with you, even though it's not a proposal, because now you took it a step further in saying that you're in love with me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We t- that conversation was four hours. Oof. Y'all saw 10 minutes of oh it. They never let you talk that long. It was, into the middle of the night, it was very emotional, like a back and forth, you know, like, I'm saying this, he's saying this, I'm saying this, and, like, we were sitting on the couch, they were having us talk it all out, Mm -hmm. it was, I mean, it was a lot, Mm -hmm. and so, like, the emotion that I had was real, it was hard, Mm -hmm. it stirred up old feelings from a past relationship, Mm -hmm. 
and you know, like, so I'm tired. Mm-hmm. You know, four <laughs> hours of going back and forth mm-hmm. with that. It's the middle of the night, mm-hmm. and so all of that was what you saw coming out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I don't deny any of it. I don't like make excuses. I mean, like the emotion was real and it was raw. But all I try to do is explain the context of the conversation, mm-hmm. and that's like the best that I could do. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't yeah. like I was regretting it. It wasn't like I was questioning my decision like the only thing that I think they showed an interview afterwards where I was like you know like maybe he's right but I wasn't talking in the context of you know like maybe I should go be with him I should run after him it was more like you know like I was saying maybe he's right and that you have to take your time in this this situation I wasn't saying it in Mm. the sense of he's right and I want to go run back to him Mm -hmm. and you didn't see that so, mm-hmm. you know, like, people, nobody saw either that he said he would propose, and I still was like, no, like, like no. He was like, well, fine, I'll propose to you. So it's like, if I really wanted it that bad, mm-hmm. I would have just accepted that sloppy, sloppy. you know, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. And so, you know, what, what, but I think what added insult to injury was that what you didn't see the next day. So it literally went from that. Mm-hmm to seeing me getting dressed and walking, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. up at the, the castle. You didn't see me. I cried in my interview talking about accepting a proposal from Brian mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how I've never, you know, like, I can't believe I'm getting what I want. I can't believe, you know, like, this is a happy ending for me. You know, I was talking about why I was picking Brian and mm-hmm. Brian was this and, you know, how I almost, you know, because I was scared of who he was and all, all this stuff. And, like, I almost let a good thing go because I wasn't, I was accepting something that, or I wasn't going to accept something because I never had it before. Mm. And I was talking about all that. You didn't see any of it. Mm-mm, you no. didn't see Brian talk about how he was excited to propose to me. You just saw him pick out a ring mm-hmm. with no way mm-hmm. and then hopping out of a limo. So you never saw, utter, understood why we were saying yes to each other mm, right. other than the proposal. And then the proposal was so windy. And I remember I was crying before because I was like, my weave is showing. <laughs> this is really embarrassing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, you don't understand. It's so, I was like, I just want to be so beautiful beautiful for him on this day. And mm. I was a hot mess. Like, I was crying up until Brian walked up. Oh, no. Like, all of a sudden, Brian walked up, and then, like, the producer had to run out of the screen. (laughs) So, it was just, like, you know, Um, and then the moment that we, after he proposed, the wind stopped. Like, it all just, everything stopped. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, see, this is why we love to do this interview, interview. because we get the context. Yeah. Because as you said, and as I mean, as we know, we see a very edited, highly edited version of it. Um, and it's just unfortunate that, you know, Brian, we didn't get to see him in the way that we got to. We didn't get to know him in the way that we got to know some of the other contestants. Mm-hmm. And also your relationship development and the development of your proposal wasn't given as much screen time in that finale. What, you know, what sides of Brian do you wish we could have seen? You know, I wish that you could have seen his sincerity and just how positive he is. He is such a positive person that I, I think it makes people uncomfortable. Like, even for me, like, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm pessimistic, but, but maybe I lean more towards that on the spectrum. He just gave me a really, a look like, are you kidding me? So maybe, I am pessimistic. maybe I am pessimistic, but 
I, I mean, he's, I had never had that before. So for me, I was kind of like, I even said at one point on the show, I was like, this is not a fairy tale. Like, you need to, like, calm down. But mm. that's just his outlook on life. Mm. Like, Brian read all these you know, books about positive thinking and listen to these tapes, like he's into motivational speaking and, and all that kind of stuff. And that mm-hmm. helped me understand the person that he is mm-hmm. because I'm, that's not me. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, I definitely got a better understanding of him in that sense. And I wish you guys would have too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like him, talk, there was this conversation we had at the very beginning. First, date he went on and he was the first person I pulled and he started talking to me about family and how important it is to him and how his parents are still married and about his dad having cancer and how his mom stuck with him and then you know how his dad was married before and had three kids and he just talked about like the love that his parents had and that's the example he had and mm-hmm. he wanted that for himself and he talked about why you know he was 37 and still single and so you got to understand him rather than just saying you're like, who is this guy and why mm-hmm. is he here? Mm-hmm. You know, all you saw is that we had, like, this physical relationship, and it was right. it was so much deeper than that. Right. But, again, it wasn't good TV. Right. right. Yeah. They got to get uh, eyeballs on the screen, yeah. so they got to follow the drama, oh <laughs> I guess. Um, and seeing how your finale panned out where that editing really was made to favor Peter over you and Brian's love story and your happy ending, really. Where did you leave things with the relationship with the producers and the creators of the show? Um, so when I... Okay, so you know I didn't get to see the episode before, until I was on stage. Yes. Right, yeah. So I was livid. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the reason I was on stage. You wanted to get a reaction out of me, and you knew I would give it to you. Mm. Um, I In every episode before the finale, I was able to view. That was the only one that I couldn't see. Damn. So wow. I was, I, to be honest, I was, I was very upset. Yeah. But at the same time, I was just so happy to be... Um, like out in public with Brian mm-hmm. and we were just happy to like be in love and not have to hide and share our love and then we were hit with like the hardest day of our relationship when mm-hmm. it should have been the happiest day mm-hmm. yep. which mm-hmm. was the following day mm-hmm. I mean we were reamed in the media and had to do a media tour and that's yep. when I like at one point I broke down like I started crying like that we had to take a break between it because it was like Stuck in a place of you don't want to talk bad about the show, mm-hmm. but you want to respect the relationship that you had. And then, in addition to the finale, everybody was on me for um, how I was to Peter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, people are like, "What? I'm engaged. What do you want me to do?" Right. You know, like, I think people thought that I was like supposed to still be in the place that they saw me in three months ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, I actually am close to several producers. I think it's more of, I have to look at it from a business standpoint, which I feel like I'm able to do. Mm-hmm. It's, they have a job to do at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I can't be mad at that because I was never manipulated into finding the person that, that I wanted to find for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I had this opportunity to do it. Like, they didn't mess with that process at all. Mm-hmm. And you know what, and when you sign a contract, you never know how you're going to be portrayed. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, I found the person for me. So mm-hmm. it's like, 
Yeah. Like, what am I going to stay mad at? They're there to do their job. Right. That's true. Yeah. Like, you can stay mad or you can just be like, look, <laughs> yeah. I signed up for this and I got my, my lover at the end. So right. Peace out. Yeah. 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 Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So let's move on to Becca's season, which as far as the casting went, was quite a season. Um, We had Lincoln, the convicted sexual offender. We had Leo, the massive misogynist. And Garrett, who was Captain Make America Great Again. So should we, as viewers, buy that the producers claim they didn't know about any of this, particularly Lincoln's? That really got me. Yeah. Um, or... I have no answers for that one. I don't know how that's through the cracks. <laughs> Us neither. I don't know. Yeah. How, that's a public record. Yes. I don't know. I do not know how the Lincoln thing wasn't known. Right. I, I do not know. So is this, um, like, is this, do we take their word for it? Right. Or is this done for publicity? Like, what was this? <laughs> But see, again, that's like, it's just, it, I can't say they did that on purpose. That looks so bad. Terrible. You know, it's, it's a sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that looks, no, you don't want that kind of publicity. Like, that, there is a such thing as, like, publicity not being good, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. You know, so I, somehow it slipped through the cracks. Like, I'm sure the person who's doing criminal background checks doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That intern got fired. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it was an intern. (laughs) Googling. (laughs) Let's do a Google. (laughs) Um, So more into Becca's season. Um, Justine and I, our finale episode for Becca's season was titled Becca is a Vision of White Liberal Female Privilege. Um, Because Uh we were pretty disgusted, pretty disappointed with how, you know, someone who was allegedly, you know, miss social justice Mm -hmm. um could turn a blind eye to garrett who obviously has maga leaning political beliefs um in a way that as a women of color would just be a deal breaker for us um and so i'm curious on your seasons as the bachelorette on nick's season as the bachelor were you able to have deep conversations um with your contestants about politics religion social justice like was this part of your decision making process I have those questions in the fantasy suite, yes. Okay. I was okay. not going to let somebody put a ring on my finger that I didn't know. I asked Ryan what his credit score was. Okay. Like, wow. I was not going to, like, mm-hmm. let, you know, like, if, if my parents, I already knew, were going to be like, what? So I needed to be like, no, listen, I did as much questioning as I could. (laughs) No, yeah, we talked about religion. We talked about how we would raise kids. We talked about politics. Mm. I asked him about, did he vote? You know, in the last election, Mm. how did he vote? Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, I asked all those questions, and I actually told Becca to do the same. Mm -hmm. I said, I use my fantasy suite to ask the questions that you can't really talk about on camera. Right. You know, I said, like, have a good time. I was like, I really had a legal pad in there. I had written out, like, all these questions. <laughs> nice. And I was, I was, it was, re- it was really real for me mm-hmm. by the time it got down to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so how did Becca choose Garrett? <laughs> Do yeah. you have any clues on this? <laughs> I mean, she may not have asked those questions. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I can't say, I I haven't talked to her about that. I can't say, it, from what she said in interviews that I've seen, 
Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't know. So I guess those questions weren't asked. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know how he answered them. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad that I wasn't in that situation. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have been a, a mess. Yeah. <laughs> you just did a part two. You just did a second season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm just, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow to find that out after you somebody proposed to you and you said yes yeah that i was just i'm very thankful i wasn't in that position yeah but that again that to me speaks to her privilege yeah she put herself in that right for us as you said you had your legal pad you had some questions that were deal breakers for you and particularly as a woman of color you would look crazy walking home with a (laughs) garret so (laughs) that's a a level of privilege that she was able to exercise in a way that i feel like we couldn't or you probably could not as a bachelorette so yeah i just you know, there's certain things that are deal breakers for me, and you know, like po- politics are a deal breaker for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, both Becca and Garrett in the media have tried to diminish this scandal by saying, "I never realized the power behind a mindless double tap," quote unquote, and who's to say that anything anyone likes is truly what they believe in if it's just a double tap? But now they both have sponsored content on their Instagram pages and can't deny the monetary value of those same double taps. So what can we make of all of this, considering that social media and this power is now part of the show? Oh, wait, that's a loaded question. (laughs) So (laughs) So what's the question again? So, So the question is if they have said in the media that it's just him double tapping and you know who's to say that that you can tell what kind of person they are by what they like on instagram but they both have sponsored content on their instagram and clearly make money off of those same double taps so their their values and where they lie are confusing to us as viewers so what are we supposed to make of that i mean let me just say this I have purposely not said anything about the Becca and Garrett situation mm-hmm. out of in, in regards to that, out of respect for Becca mm-hmm. because I like her. Mm-hmm. I will say that if she was going to choose to be with him, you know, they have to have an answer and they have to stick to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, whether whether it makes sense or doesn't. So, you know, like, all I say about that is, you know, there wasn't just one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was a common denominator in all those different posts. Mm-hmm. And I think we know what that is. And yeah. so, you know, for me, I think it's just very telling. And it, for me, it would just be something that I couldn't unsee. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Right. Same here. Yep. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting now watching... Yeah, just trying to reconcile everything. Right, watching how they use Instagram versus what they say Instagram is right. to them as people is very contrasting to yes. us. One minute it's a minus yeah, double tap, the next they make money off the double tap. Right. So it's like, which, which mean, is it? It is what it is. Like, you can't mm-hmm. try to disguise it or right. wrap it up and put it in, 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 in a different package. Like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point, people either you know, like, don't like it and move, move away from it or just, you know, ignore it and, and move on mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, pretend it's not an issue. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's what we can do. Yeah. So speaking of social media, let's talk about the future of the Bachelor franchise. So 
it's no secret that people go on the show for fame and money or just Instagram followers and just fame and attention. Um, and we've been watching this whole Jenna and Jordan scandal play out. Um, after Winter Games, Luke Pell, um, it was revealed that he had a girlfriend the whole time. Um, while Boom was a thing, he didn't even have his website trademarked. <laughs> I remember looking at that for <laughs> weeks after he came on. Like, you didn't even have your rep- website on GoDaddy. So how does this show keep its integrity with the power of influencer fame coming in? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like I was talking to my friends about that. You know, it social media could be what puts an end to this show for mm-hmm. multiple reasons, mm-hmm. you know, not just because of the Jenna Jordan, but also just because of, you know, the Lee, um, Garrett, whatever, you know, like it's, like it's just playing, you know, such a pivotal role in the con- with the contestants on the show. I think that the only way the show can get past it is that somehow the show incorporates social media or like a social media element into the show mm-hmm. or they um, do not allow people to do ads, which technically they're mm-hmm. not, you're not supposed to anyway. Mm. Oh, really? You're not supposed to like do sponsored content or get ads and stuff? Uh-uh. Really? Uh-uh. Not without permission. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. No, I know. Wow. They, huh. Yeah. Not without permission. Yeah. Interesting. That is interesting. So, so yeah, I agree. I think they need to figure out a way to incorporate social media because it's yeah. it's it's weird that it's not even incorporated in the show, and then. I think the show overall, I mean, over the last 20 years or so, it's been on on uh, on TV, there's been virtually, like, no changes to the process. It's still, you know, one man, one woman, they pick from contestants, they go on some dates, they have a fantasy suite, someone gets down on one knee. Like, how, aside from, like, social media, like, do you have any other ideas that are things that you would like to see of how the show can update itself? Well, see, that's what I, I agree, like, and I maybe I'm the different viewer because I didn't watch it, you know, over the years, mm-hmm. but for me, it's like, the same thing happens each time, you know, the characters are different, mm-hmm. so I guess that's what makes the show different, uh, but, you know, the process is the same, that's why I was a fan of Winter Games, because each episode, you didn't know what you were going to get. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what the competition was, who was going to be in the who, how it was going to go down, how they were going to be eliminated. It continued to change. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was really interesting. Um, I personally would like to see something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I don't know if somehow it could be like a Big Brother element where it's live mm-hmm. in the beginning, you know, in the mansion. Yeah. Hmm. Or, and so maybe like the fans get to pick, have a say in the rose ceremony. Mm-hmm. But then I think, but then I also think that that takes away from the element of the person is choosing who they mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. want to get to know better. And I, and because the process worked for me, I get protecting it. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, there's definitely room for them to try things out. Like, mm-hmm. they they really did experiment with Winter Games. And maybe they the Bachelor Bachelorette's been working so well for so long that they're afraid to touch it, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. I think, I think they would have a lot of viewers that are upset because people are mm-hmm. really faithful about, mm-hmm. you know, the show and 
I don't think they like a lot of a lot of change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. If, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I guess. Yeah. I guess that's their mindset. Yeah. I would love to see it change yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what are your thoughts on Colton as The Bachelor? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I think it's very obvious how I think about. Um, Colton from my blog. <laughs> he would have been. He would not have been my first pick. Okay. See, this is this is what I love to do. This is what lawyers do. A lot of times in law, we we take cases. Um, when we write briefs, we take somebody else's words and we give them credit. <laughs> so I'm going to take my friend Raven's words and give her the credit. <laughs> she said it best when she said he's into whatever's hot. You know, mm, like yeah. the it person. Now he's the it person. So mm. I mean, I I think that um, if he's doing what he wants to do. Mm. Yeah. I like I'm. He wouldn't have been my choice, and I and like I don't think that that's a secret from my Us Weekly blo- mm-hmm. uh, blogs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ever since Raven said that, I couldn't get that out of my head yep. either. <laughs> That he goes after the hot yeah. new thing, and yep. it's like, oh shit! If you watch his track record, that That's is literally is. it. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, and I guess like for me, I'm very sensitive about the process because I was so skeptical, and then it worked. Yeah. So I do believe in it. I feel like if you have the right mindset and you go in, you don't go in thinking, "Oh my god, I'm about to find the love of my life." No, you just go in open. And I think mm-hmm. that that's the key. Just mm-hmm. like open for whatever. So my fear with Colton is to do that, you have to separate yourself from that bachelor world. Like, because it really is a bubble. Yeah, yeah. And you are not in the real world when you're in that world. Like, you really have to step away from it. Like, get to, into your inner circle, go to work, do some everyday things, and then come back. Mm-hmm. Like, you need that break. He hasn't had that. Right. And so that's my fear with him. It's like, and then just the, the, the contradictions of the, you know, you're in the Becca, you know, she sends you home, you see her, you break all the way down, mm-hmm. and then you bounce back like, I'm ready to go. Like, I, I just, <laughs> and I wrote this in an article, like, I don't know who you are and what you want. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and you meeting 30 women isn't going to help me it isn't going to change my mind in that. Like, I right. just, I just think that he, maybe he'd be great in a couple of years. You know, mm, yeah. I wanted Blake. Yes. That was Me my too. Choice. That was your choice? We love Blake. Love Blake. My worry for Blake, though, is whether he was going to be ready. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think he was over Becca, but mm. I, um, I still, like, wanted to see him. Like, he definitely was my choice. Yeah, yeah, he is so fine. So fine. Wish him all the luck, and he deserves a good. Oh yeah, woman. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I read one thing, or I think I saw a meme or something that Colton will be the first bachelor, I think, or first contestant to film the Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, <laughs> and the Bachelor all in the same calendar yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, he is, and someone's like. How can you, if you really give all of yourself, which I do think, you know, you saw that with Becca, Mm -hmm. you really, it is really hard to, because I can't say I gave all of myself Mm -hmm. in my season with Nick. Mm -hmm. I mean, when they, when I said, 
I'm falling in love with you. I burst out laughing right after I said it. What? And they, they showed it. Go back <laughs> and watch it. Oh. Now, I'm not taking away. I really did like Nick. I'm not going to say that I did it because I truly did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I remember the pressure of, you know, like, you got to be open. You know, like, you got you to say how you feel. And I remember the moment I said it, I heard myself. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, my face. And I, like, started laughing. It didn't take, I really did like him, but I mean, it was just. It was a moment. But I think when you give all of yourself, mm. like, I couldn't imagine if Brian was a bachelor and I was on his season and I gave myself to him the way that I did a bachelorette, I cannot imagine then being ready for the next person, which is kind of the fear that you had with Blake. Mm-hmm. You know, could mm-hmm. he be ready? Right. And, and it might have been the reason he didn't get it because right. he really did give all of himself. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm do you have any predictions for Colton season? Justine and I think that they are going to play off his virginity thing yep. so much. And oh, to the fullest. I think there's going to be maybe one, maybe two, maybe three ladies who have some type of sex related profession. For sure. Yep. <laughs> That's my prediction. Yep. Yeah. I think they're going to be, there's going to be a virgin, mm-hmm. a born-again virgin. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be... Like a sex therapist. Maybe, yeah. maybe somebody who's bisexual. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, maybe just doesn't... There's going to be somewhat, like, the, the opposite end of the spectrum where they're virgins, and there's going to be, like, some, like, fixing. Yeah. yeah. You know, yes. some, some porn star. It's going to come out that they were a porn star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a dominatrix or something. This, yep. <laughs> yeah, y'all are going to have to tell me how it is because I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> you can listen to the podcast. Yeah. I'll be watching. <laughs> I- I just think you just need a break. Mm, it's true. Yeah. It's like also not just about Colton. I just think that's what I mean about like you have to separate yourself. It it was I haven't even been on the show in a year, mm-hmm. over a year, but blogging for it, it was exhausting mm-hmm. for me just yeah. as someone who wasn't a fan of the show before. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want me to talk about Real Housewives all day, every day? I can do that. <laughs> but this is just like more not my speed. So mm-hmm. I need a break, and I just think that this is the perfect time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll allow you that. Definitely on this season, you could do a break. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's talk about your wedding special. We're putting it out in the world. We're putting it out in the universe. ABC, they're footing the bill. <laughs> what is on your wish list for your wedding special when you get it? So your dress, <laughs> venue, invitations, bridesmaids, all that stuff. <laughs> That is so sweet that y'all are putting it out there. It's so not going to happen. No! So I guess if I had a wish, if the number one wish would be to actually get a wedding special. Mm-hmm. But I just, they're not in the business of, like, weddings don't do well as far as ratings go for the, uh, for the network. Really? And so, yeah. And mm-hmm. so it has to all be, because there are levels to it. You know, like, okay, the show may want to produce the wedding, mm-hmm. but then... The network has to buy it, and then it has to be distributed mm-hmm. through Warner Brothers. So it's like a whole process. So it can't just be one person saying yes. I actually think the show wants to do a wedding because there hasn't been one in a while. Yeah. You know, like they've had some controversy, uh, controversies, and so I think that this would be something positive. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just, I just think that. Yeah, like, it, the, all the stars have to align for that to happen, and I'm in a space now where I just don't want to continue to put my wedding on hold mm-hmm. at the possibility of getting a TV wedding. Like, I just don't want that. Mm-hmm. Brian and I are older. We want to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
back to your original question, my so <laughs> on my wish list is a special, mm-hmm. but yes. they need to hurry. It would li- they literally have to hit me up in like the next two months. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. I originally said I wanted to wear pants, but then I so I want Randy Rom to do my dress. She did a lot of my dresses on this the show, okay. and I met with her a few times and. I originally knew exactly what I wanted, mm-hmm. and then I saw this one dress, and it is a dress, like no pants, mm-hmm. and I thought, that's what I want. I feel like that's something that if Brian saw me walk down the aisle, and he would be emotional, mm-hmm. and I think nice. that I have this tough exterior, but I'm really sensitive and soft on the inside, mm-hmm. and no, not a lot of people know that unless you're super close to me, and I felt like this dress showed that side of me it showed a, a softer side wow. and um and then randy made a comment to me when she was like listen all these things you could wear on a red carpet but this your wedding dress you want it to be different right mm-hmm. and so that's so i i know what i want it to look like oh nice. um, and but so yes i want randy wrong to make it mm-hmm. and then location wise yes um I feel like this sounds rude, but it's true. If if we are splitting the bill, then I would like to have it during the school year and destination where it eliminates the guest list because people can't come. Nice. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking either Columbia because it has meaning because it's where Brian's family's from. Right, nice. Uh, Dallas Mm -hmm. or even California. Just because the weather, if it is in the summer, the weather would, wouldn't be as terrible, depending mm-hmm. where we would have it. Mm-hmm. So those are the three places. Nice. Um, I'm not, it doesn't have to be in a church. It could be outside. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it. Other than that, I just mm-hmm. want like a really good DJ, mm-hmm. really good music. I just want yes. it to be a party, everybody to have a good time. <laughs> um, the wedding itself, it would have to be all fancy. I mean, it really, I, I don't want it to be like this glamorous affair i think i want a more laid back mm-hmm. chill, chill yeah. uh, vibe for the wedding nice okay. good music everybody turn up yeah. like i think that's most important yeah <laughs> no that is the most important I, I think i'm gonna be the person who's like no i'm not coming around to every table to take pictures just come find me on the dance floor right picture that's where i'll be yeah nice yeah yeah that's another thing about weddings it's like you have to go around and say hi to everybody yeah. and like it takes away from just getting to dance and turn up <laughs> shit that's right that's right you know where to find me mm-hmm. yeah well speaking of turning up we need to talk about this bachelorette party. So where would you want your bachelorette party to be? Who from Bachelor Nation is invited? And how many strippers are going? So funny. Cartagena is where I think the, oh, wedding, uh, the bachelorette party is going to be. Nice. Yeah. I'm oh. really thinking that's where it'll be because I want to have the bachelorette party that People can, my single girls can have a good time, right. my married ones, and the ones in a relationship. I'm thinking mm-hmm. we need a house. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Colombian men are attractive, mm-hmm. so I feel like my single girls can get it in. And mm-hmm. I, I haven't been. I just hear wonderful things about it. Yeah. It's going to be, I, it's it's going to be insane. <laughs> now, for Bachelor Nation, who's going to, I know, I talk more about the Bachelorette party. I'm like, I could play that in my sleep. <laughs> Weddings, not so much. From Bachelor Nation, who would be there? Um, Astrid? Mm, uh, and can no. I just say, mm-hmm. I've been telling everybody about Astrid since next season. 
I have been telling everybody how great she is, how cool she is. I'm the closest to her Mm. out of everybody I was on the show with. And I love that everybody is just now getting to see that. Yeah. Mm. I didn't pay attention to Astrid not one bit, but Mm. I love her now after Mm. Paradise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the closest with her, like, out of all the girls. Oh, cool. Um, Okay. So, Astrid, Alexis, Alexis. Raven, Mm -hmm. so many of them, really. Raven, um, Christina, Jasmine, D'Lo. Wow. um, I'd probably invite Corinne. Okay. Um, Really? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I like Corinne. Mm -hmm. I always have. Yeah. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. That's nice. That's a nice thing. And then there crew. may be some other people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure there'll be other people. Like Bibiana will probably come. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm like, I also I'm not you don't really see me hanging out with like OCN. Mm-hmm. Like you don't if I'm gonna invite people from other seasons, it would be those two. Mm-hmm. You don't really yeah. see me hanging out with a bunch of like people outside of my season. Because mm, yeah. I'm just kind of like not as into it. Maybe because I'm older. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think some, maybe the young folk of the more recent seasons are, they seem very much into this world, yeah. the Bachelor mm-hmm. world, and meeting each other and all that stuff. But sounds like you kind of just kick it with your girls from your season. That's mm-hmm. fine too. Yeah, I think like you can see Jason and Blake like doing their thing and I think you should you know Mm because your time is so short Mm -hmm. enjoy it up go travel go to events go to concerts do all of that soak it all up you should Mm -hmm. but then I think there has to come a point where you're like okay what am I going to use this platform for how am I going to hustle with it I think a lot of people don't do that right right yeah this this definitely opens up platforms and many doors so better run with it it doesn't it doesn't i think that's all like it depends what you want to do because Mm -hmm. when i went to espn last year they told me no oh okay really they said we like we like you but our sports audience doesn't relate to you and a lot of people were like well you're a reality tv star and i was like no i'm actually a lawyer right but they couldn't get past bachelorette because that's what they know me as Mm -hmm. i'm known for Mm -hmm. so it took a year of me you know hitting the ground investing my own money in myself not getting paid for things to put myself Mm -hmm. out there out there to build something Mm -hmm. and because they people did not care that i was the bachelorette unless i was going to talk about the bachelorette Mm -hmm. oh i see okay yeah you gotta really hustle and you got to build your name in the way, your brand in the way that you want it to be. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just behind the franchise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did we mention strippers? How many strippers? Yeah. Are <laughs> oh, yeah. There'll definitely be some there. Men and women. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds hilarious. Like, if you think about it, it'll be there. Okay. Carta <laughs> okay. and Colombia in general is having a moment. Yeah. I feel like all over mm-hmm. my timeline, everyone's going to Colombia lately. So I feel like that's a great locale for a bachelor party. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Rachel, I feel like you spilled all the tea you got. Um, so <laughs> we wanted to <laughs> dig into some of these listener emails. All right, guys. That was our interview with the lovely Rachel Lindsay. Yay. We learned a lot about the behind-the-scenes part of The Bachelor. Yes, and I really appreciated getting 
a lot of insight into Brian. Yeah. And her relationship with Brian. Mm -hmm. We obviously were very critical of Brian. Yeah. (laughs) And huge Peter and Eric stands. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I really appreciate that um, perspective. Yeah. 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 Just learned a lot. Hope you guys did too. Yeah. We'll be back next week for a little bonus episode. Yep. The mailbag episode where we dig into some listener emails with Rachel and get her... Um, advice from yes. from from Rachel from us. Yep. Yes. Let's get in your business, guys. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Hit us up on social media. We are everywhere now. We have been live on Twitter. The handle is the number two BLK girls. The number one Rose. And we are also now live on Instagram and Facebook at uh, the number two black girls. The number one Rose. And our email, our inbox is still open. Mm-hmm. So email us at the number two black girls, the number one rose at gmail.com. Yep. And support the podcast. Buy some merch, y'all. Yes. Please buy some merch. <laughs> yes. We got the t shirts, the mugs, uh-huh. tote bags. Tote bags. We um, are looking fresh to death in mm-hmm. our two black girls, one rose gear. So head on over to www.teespring.com. That's T E E spring.com slash the number two black girls the number one rose see you next week see you next week bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.